Welcome to another fun filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Old Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown here. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's Crow again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Old Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. Also, too, you can catch up on our, on our other live shows we have aired throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Spe- speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. And you want to know about our podcast? I'm glad you asked. You can follow us at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> But before we begin, we must remind you, you also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and give with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. You have a bunch of handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal PC like Lakina's user right now would dial up. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding about the dialogue. <laughs> or your, your your Chromebook like I'm using right now. Just go to that Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and download SportsZone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad again with the program. SportsZone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. Anytime, anywhere, whether you use dial-up or in my case, I actually have a cable modem, a DSL. So <laughs> whatever, whatever type of internet you use or, or you know, 4G, 5G, you know, whatever, it's all there for you. <laughs> And you know we will provide. <clears throat> All right, we got a brother. We got a okay. We got another show here coming up for you on Second City Sports. Of course, we'll recap. We're gonna recap the NBA Finals first. Of course, we'll talk about this week in baseball. Good showing for the Cubs. Not so good showing for the White Sox. We got John Zaglu. Zaglu. Yeah, I think John Zaglu. Zaglu. I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Sports Talk Chicago podcast, he'll join us to talk some of the latest happenings in and around Chicago sports. Also, too, we are because we're gonna go you know, crash another another champion, the biggest Golden Knights, and you know, and a whole lot more. So we got a lot to do um, in this, you know, a little less than about an hour and then like two hours, maybe a little under two hours. But uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the NBA Finals. Of course, um, Denver wins his first um, first title ever in, in his franchise history, beating the Miami Heat in five games. I'm, you know. Of course, you know, Djokovic, you know, Nikola Djokovic, you know, of course, he wins MVP honors. Not a big surprise. 
because the first uh, player to average double figures in both points, assists, and rebounds, and all the other numbers that that you know, just too too much for me to have to mention. But I, I'm sure you guys know because this happened on uh, Wednesdays. Because Jokic becomes the first player drafted outside the top 15 to win both Finals MVP and regular season MVP. Of course, he's done it twice. Christian Brown is a fifth, just a fifth player to win a national title. He won one with Kansas last year. And, of course, now an NBA title with the Nuggets in the consecutive years, joining guys like Billy Thompson, Magic Johnson, Henry Bibby, and Bill Russell. So that's a pretty impressive list there. And I think I pretty much covered, like, the, the main part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. just a, you know, just a you know, really solid showing. I know that we can get into the whole thing about this. This is a start of a dynasty or whatever. But so what do you think about the finals in that, in that, in that clincher? Uh, Denver uh, was tested very mildly on their home court. The pressure was on them to close out that series against Miami. Uh, they came, uh, the pressure uh, uh, came to a head once they uh, took the lead late in the fourth quarter. Denver showed you what they they were made of. Of course, they didn't have a typical Denver Nuggets game. They didn't score over 100 points. They, they shot the ball at a 17% clip from three-point range. It was the little things that got it done. And they went to their man, Nikolai Jokic. Like you said, we we could talk about the numbers with him all day, but his impact on the floor made a difference for the rest of those guys. As you mentioned, we talked about it all all throughout these playoffs, throughout these finals, and you saw it again one more time. Uh, The Denver Nuggets did the little things when they needed it most. On the flip side for Miami, you saw fatigue start to set in with them. Uh, They just didn't have the firepower to match with the Denver with the different nuggets. They have heart, they have grit, but they just didn't have the talent or the firepower to match with the different nuggets. Once again, congratulations to different for winning their first NBA title. The first time in a franchise hit 47 year history, the Miami heat, I believe will be back again, but they need to add another, another start to go along with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I think, and unfortunately, Jimmy picked the you know the wrong time. You know, he missed a three pointer. He had a inexplicable uh, turnover to it. You know, just when you thought that Miami actually had a chance to win the game, we probably we probably previewing like a game uh, seven right now. But you know, this weekend. But you know, it is what it is. And uh, look, unfortunately, Jimmy did get a lot of help. I mean, it was it was just. It just the help just wasn't there for Jimmy. And Jimmy, of course, you know, went back to being, you know, the the ordinary Jimmy that we saw in the mm-hmm. regular season. There was no playoff Jimmy. He like I said, he had a couple of big major mistakes, you know, that last few minutes. I mean, look, I'll mm-hmm. give different credit. I mean, like they've been a dominant team, but this could be one of those runs where they didn't have to face number two seed or a three seed. I mean, they I think they only they only faced what two sevens and two eight seeds. I know, look, I get it. They only got they can only face who's presented in front of them, but you also have to mm-hmm. wonder that. You know what? To me, you didn't really play some of the best teams. I mean, you didn't play, you know, Memphis because of various issues. We'll get to that in, in a bit. You didn't have to face Phoenix because of, you know, of course, their issues. Golden no, they State, beat Phoenix handily. Hmm. Well, yeah, they did beat Phoenix handily, but you know, again, they didn't have CP3. That 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 was my mm-hmm. point before you uh, interrupted me. Mm-hmm. Um, my apologies. Yeah, go. No, that's fine. Uh, Golden State, of course, they didn't have to face Golden State. Um, so yeah, their their path to plate to the, uh, the the championship wasn't. It wasn't, you know, like, you know, you know, dire. So they only lost, lost, what, like two or three games, the whole, you know, playoffs. So, like, mm-hmm. I could kind of understand why some folks are kind of like, okay, you know what? I don't want to say they were lucky, but they didn't really have to – I don't want to say the path was easy, but they really didn't have to face some of the top teams. And, look, and that's not their fault, but 
you know, to hear Mike Malone, you know, his, you know, his brain is still like, uh, I guess he's on uh, Lakers watch. Like he keeps mentioning LeBron <laughs> and I, and look, you're getting to the point where you won, you beat the Lakers. Who cares? Like you won. I mean, okay. Yeah. You want to talk mess fine. But the thing is that with the NBA, they have very uh, long memories, especially certain players, especially, you know, this guy, that guy, LeBron here that you keep referring to. They're going to remember all this, and you you have a target on your backs for next season. So let's see. And I know people are going to say, well, this may be like the, the Spurs. Like we, we already said like a couple of days ago, could, be, mm-hmm. could they be the new Spurs? But let's let them win a couple of championships first before we start talking about them being the Spurs. To all those people that are listening and watching us right now, the majority of winning teams, I don't care what sport you're talking about, sometimes you get lucky breaks. Yes, you do have to have talent at the end of the day to win. Yes, you have to execute. But sometimes – you have breaks that will go your way sometimes, and you have sometimes some breaks that go against you. That's, that's just sports, and that's just life in general. So if you're the Denver Nuggets, you don't have to apologize for the run that you had. You, you won the title fair and square. You earned it. You have the best player in the league right now, and you, you finished at the top. Like you, like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, all those teams, with the exception of the Minnesota Timberwolves in that first round, all those teams, if they were healthy, they probably could have beaten Denver, but when the push came to shove, the circumstances were what they were, and Denver uh, stood tall and, and conquered, uh, conquered the, the Dragons. So if you're a Nuggets fan, you shouldn't have to apologize for this. And they were the best team in the West from um, late December on. They played like it through the playoffs. They answered the bell, and they're the champions. That's all that needs, that needs to be said. Oh, yeah, that's Oh yeah, that's true too. But like you just said, said I mean, a lot of those those teams that you mentioned weren't weren't well. Well, well, the team was aside because you know they mm-hmm. just you know they, they barely got in. But you know, the Lakers weren't all hundred percent. I mean, Phoenix mm-hmm. wasn't hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, who knows if if Tyler Hero had been there, who knows what would have happened? But mm-hmm. look, I mean, yeah, you get lucky breaks, but again, people are gonna look at you and say, well, you know, you you benefited from some of the. Uh, some of the breaks that you get so yeah sometimes it's good to get those breaks but at the same time though like people are going to be wondering like you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to beat those teams at full strength i think that's the whole thing with some folks are that's why some people are feeling the way they do but look you look they got the best player in the league right now in joe kitch you know well yeah, however you feel about his attitude and like look he he was reacting like you know like it was like a christmas game or something like you know against the, the Phoenix. Okay, fine. But again, that's how he feels about, Hey, that's his prerogative. But again, you know, again, you've got the bigger target on your back now. So you, you look, I'm happy for Jeff Green, of course, everything he went through. Of course he had heart surgery in 08. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, you know, there was some, some, you know, some drugs that he probably wouldn't be able to play again. Okay. You, you got, he got his first title. You're happy for him. Mm-hmm. You're happy for Deandre Jordan. People forget that he was on, he's on the team. <laughs> People forget about that, but he gets his ring, you know, uh, Colin, you know, Colin Gillespie, I mean, you know, from Villanova, won a championship there uh, some years back. Uh, Thomas Bryant uh, from uh, also to, uh, from Indiana, uh, Bruce Brown, I mean, of course, Christian Brown, uh, Reggie Jackson. I mean, he's been around for a minute. He finally gets his first title. So, yeah, you feel for you know, Jamal Murray, of course, after everything he's went through with injuries and such. He's yes. a big part of, you know, he was definitely a, he's definitely a Batman to Nicholas, I mean, a Robert to uh, Nicholas, uh, Nicola Jokic is a uh, Batman. So, Michael Porter Jr., of course, his struggles and, and such with various injuries too. I mean, look, you're happy for those guys. I mean, look, they'll get they get their ring. You know, Denver. Unfortunately, they acted like fools. You know, a couple of fools. You know, really acted like, especially at, at the parade too, especially. But 
I, I won't go there. But mm-hmm. look, it, it, which is weird because you know it's not that you know Denver. It's not the first time Denver has won a title. I mean, this this one last year with the Avs. So I'm like, you know, with Colorado. <laughs> so like, what really? But yeah. Other than that, I mean, look, you can congrats them, and uh, look, they deserve it, and we'll see if they can uh, repeat because that's going to be the next question. Yep. Can the Nuggets repeat? We'll see what happens starting next season. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you. I will not interrupt Lakina ever again. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, look, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> no but we, but we will have to get to this. Uh, <laughs> speaking of next season, we do have to discuss this uh, before we have a few minutes left before we break for the bottom of the hour. John Morant. Uh, the star point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. He was suspended for eight games right before uh, this year's playoffs. Uh, he came back, and then he was caught on Instagram again, toting the gun. This time he said the gun was fake. And now the news came out late Friday morning that he's been suspended by Commissioner Adam Silver for 25 games for, in the start of the 2023-24 season. Lakina, many people thought, and I thought this for a while, that he was going to be suspended for a whole year. I think I said at the beginning he may have, he might get that 25 to 30 games, but I think this year, was – yeah, I think this is a correct move for Adam Silver only because you didn't want to have to go and back and forth battle with the players' union. Yeah, I know you wanted to come down hard, but you don't, he didn't want to have to go back and forth with the players' union. He had to – you had to set the tone, but you didn't want to overdo it to make the players, the leaders of the players union upset. And I'm sorry. See, see, I just interrupted Sid just now. So see, it's a Wi-Fi thing. For <laughs> My apologies. Sid. See, see, you know, we're bigger people here. Uh, but yeah, going back to uh, Johnson's bench, I mean, look, I, I've heard some folks today that I think you said too, that, you know, he's going to do like do half a season, but they really, you know, they really couldn't justify doing that. Like you said, uh, said, I mean, they want to keep peace with the union, I, I, and apparently, I guess they, you know, he got. I'm talking about Adam Silver got a little recommendations from the union, and I think, I think another thing he has to do is I think he has to do like some type of uh, treatment program, mental uh, treat, mm-hmm. pro, you know, treatment program or something. So, I guess this, is, this definitely was uh, probably the best. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was, I guess this was the best uh, thing, you know. I guess this, you know, to kind of like I said, keep the peace with the with the with the players union and also too with everything else. So. But the one thing that has that has bothered me is that people are saying, oh, you know, Jaws young and whatever. Look, he's 23 years old. You're an adult. So it's different if he was like 18, 19 years old, you know, fresh out of the, out, you know, played in college or prep school or whatever, you know, you know, went mm-hmm. to the NBA. If he was doing that, this was like when he was 18 or 19 or when he first came to Lee when he was 20, I would have been fine with it. But you're 23. You're an adult. You know what you're doing. You know, pe- adults know what they're, you know, right from wrong. Fake gun or not. You know that people are going to be looking at you and you know the stupid things that you do. Is it a mental thing with Jaw? I don't know. Like I'm glad he's getting some treatment with that, but he needs to get his, his you know what together because if not, this is going to be an issue for the NBA. And I think that's why I was so afraid he had to step in because this is becoming an uh, image issue, and I think that's the one that the mm-hmm. NBA does not want. Yeah, and we, and we saw that even though this was a whole nother situation with the malice at the palace some, uh, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Remember, the late great commissioner David Stern had to change the dress code for a while uh, okay. with those players. I know people didn't like that. I got both sides of the argument. We won't go through that again here, but <laughs> it was an image issue, and they were really worried about their sponsors at the time. But re- regarding John Morant, as I said before, hopefully he gets some help. I'm rooting for him, but he needs to take accountability for his own actions. Whatever people and or family members, we know Lakina, some family members can get crazy too. 
you know, because those uh, those players that come from those uh, situations, not John Moran in particular with the poverty, he didn't grow up in poverty from what I know of, but people that that are breadwinners for their whole families, yep. you know, you got family members that act up, that act up after they uh, get the money, they think they're entitled to the money and they wild out worse than the players that get the money. So it, my point is this, hopefully John Morant sees the mistake for his actions. I think he, I think he does already, at least from an economic standpoint, because he lost the contract with, with Nike. And I know, I think Gatorade, uh, where Powerade has uh, pulled away from him as well. So, and he's not going to get paid for the first 25 games of next year. And that's, predetermined about if he met if he meets the certain conditions from the commission before he returns to play so he's feeling it right now as far as from an economic standpoint but hopefully he sees this as a, a life a life a, a turning point for his life and whoever whoever needs to be around him needs to be the right people around him including family because uh yes people can lead you down the wrong path you need somebody he needs somebody in his, in his camp to tell me hey, this is not the right thing to do. Let uh, you stay on the right road and make the best decisions. And he has to take a self accountability for his own actions as well. Well, yeah, just to correct you, no, not to correct you, but you know, Nike decided, ha, ha, you know, has said they're not going to tuck ties with ties with job, okay. but uh, cool, cool. I guess they did pull a commercial from, from when that incident, you know, that the latest incident first came out. Now mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about uh, them uh, pulling uh, that, but uh, pulling him entirely, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Sid. I mean, it, it's you know whether it's his dad or you know whoever. I know he's. I think he's the only child, or maybe he might be the oldest. I don't know, but it something has to give with this, and I think he needs to wake up and realize that he can't be doing what he's doing. And look, look, I know people say it's hard to take the streets out of somebody, but you know at the same time, I mean, you just can't use that as an excuse. Your upbringing as an excuse anymore. You just can't. I mean, turn it around and perhaps maybe, you know, look, Memphis has a lot of issues. I know people, we talk about Chicago at times, we won't get into that, but Memphis mm-hmm. has a big issue with guns. Maybe he could be like a spokesperson for an anti-gun or, you know, c- campaign or whatever. I mean, there are lots of ways that John can do with this and perhaps maybe even beyond basketball, just try to kind of get his stuff together and just, you know, maybe somebody needs to kind of come in and say, look, you know, what you're doing is wrong. And, you're, you're, you know, it's not just this is about your life. Forget the basketball part. You're a father. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to. Think about all that, you know, and also the the basketball part is, you know, just not want to say a secondary, but it's sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, a second or third part of it. But, you know, someone's got to come in and say, you know what, uh, Jaw, you need to eat a, little, a kick in the a kick in the rear. And that's what you need. Yeah, he has the eyes and the ears of a lot of uh, people, a lot of young people in particular. If he if he does the right thing, uh, he can influence a whole lot of people in, in far and parts beyond that he could ever imagine. So this is a big moment for him right here. And I'm personally rooting for him, but he has to do the work like we all have to do the work to improve ourselves. So uh, he's no different from you and me. It's just that he has cameras and people uh, giving him attention 24 hours a day. But this is a big moment for him. I hope that he turns it around. I hope we can figure it out as well. Look, I've been look, I've been a fan of his since he was at Murray State, so I'm hoping he can figure it out. But he he needs to. It, it's on him now. He needs to, you know, get it get it going and wake up and be an adult. Yeah. Okay. On that note, uh, we're gonna go take a quick break. We're we'll talking baseball. Uh, sweet for the Cubs against the Pirates. Uh, the Sox. Uh, well. Uh, mm, okay. Uh, well, well, we will get to, we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But uh, before John Zagul from uh, Sports Talk Chicago will also be uh, joining us too at the top of the hour. So lots to do still. Second City Sports on Sports Talk Chicago. We go to Diamond coming up right after this. 
This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Friday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. You can follow my Kina McGee on the Twitter and I can't the IG. 
It, we have less than 90 minutes left or so left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, let's go to the Diamond Sid this week. Um, so <laughs> up and down, of course, just seems like as usual, the up and down part for, uh, for our Chicago teams. Of course, we'll start with the Cubs. They swept the Pirates, and I don't think anybody saw that come. At least I don't think they – I don't think anybody did. Of course, in the latest game, uh, Marcus Stroman uh, from yesterday, Marcus Stroman pitched another gem. The Cubs beat the Pirates, sweeping them 7-2. to two. And, like I said, another, uh, another gem from Stroman, six innings, only two runs, five uh, strikeouts, and two walks. Um, amongst some of uh, – Christopher Morrell continues to hit the ball uh, while he had three hits and uh, – Two runs batted, and also Cody Bellinger in his first game back, you know, kind of picked up where he left off. He had RBI as well. Ian Happ had the go-ahead RBI as well for the Cubs. And we'll get to the rest of the division, the division in a second. But, look, I think the Cubs are starting to kind of get it going again. They're finding their rhythm. I think Bellinger, having Bellinger back will only help even more. Of course, Matt Mervis, of course, you know, Bellinger's back. Mm-hmm. Matt Mervis got set down. But, well, he'll be back soon. I have no doubt about that. But, you know, just you know, the pitches actually was pretty solid this week, and I'm a little surprised. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying this. Uh, you know, they look, they look. The bullpen was actually pretty decent for once. That's kind of shocking. They have haven't had haven't <laughs> said that in the last couple uh, months. You know, Jameson Town actually had a solid start. Um, and that's two, that uh that first game. You know, only six. Yeah, six hits, but you know, but he had four strikeouts. He was able to get a couple of jams. So, what do you think about the Cubs' performance this week? Well, with the solid pitching performance, including Marcus Stroman's performance last night, at least through the first two games of that series, it helps when you score double-digit runs, 10 runs and 11 runs expect, uh, respectively. So you hope you'll get great pitching. That's what the Cubs uh, uh, got from, from their starters. As we said before, Lakina, we'll say it again, the Cubs, this Cubs team this year will be led by their starting pitching. We've seen that all year long. They just got to repair that bullpen and at least make that bullpen respectable. Now, on the flip side for that for that Cubs offense, as you mentioned, Christopher Morrell looks like he's starting to show up again. He had two RBIs last night and have also uh, contributed with, with two RBIs. As you mentioned, uh, Cody Bellinger's impact in that lineup will help this team, especially offensively. But I want to talk about Cody Bellinger's replacement for a moment, uh, Mike Talkman. I know some people were down on him, but I thought he did a, a, a nice enough job, slightly above average job while Bellinger was out. Going into last night's game, he was 5 for 9 against the Pirates uh, in that series, including scoring four runs and two RBIs. So you talk about your your superstars need to uh, lead, uh, lead the team and set the example. You need so sometimes when your stars struggle, you need the, your other players, your other role players to pick it up, and that's what Mike Topman did in that series against Pittsburgh. Yeah, Topman was actually pretty solid in that series. He had a, yeah, I think he had like like three RBIs in total in that whole series. I know Hap had a solid show. I think he had like seven RBIs in total in that series, including four in that Monday uh, game. Um, Swanson was you know pretty you know pretty good as well. So I, I mean, I think it's one of those days where it looks like they're they're gelling now. How long will it take? You know, can they, you know, keep it going? You know, it's hard to do in a long season, but we'll get, like I said, we'll get to the rest of the divisions. But the division's right there for them. It's right there. So I think if they can get the consistency goal with both the pitching and the hitting, I think they'll be they'll be in good shape. Like you said. Yeah, I, I agree. 
And with the Cubs, we'll get to the rest of the schedule at the end of this hour. But uh, the Cubs have another tough test as they uh, stand uh, currently stand uh, three and a half games uh, back of Pittsburgh uh, as of this live broadcast as they'll take on the Baltimore Orioles in in about a half hour from now from Wrigley Field. And that's going to be another tough test. We talk about Baltimore. We'll get to what they did this week in a moment. But Baltimore is is another solid young team with a heavy stack lineup. And their starting pitching is starting to come around as well. So it's not a mistake that they have one of the top three uh, records in all of baseball and definitely in the American League. So the Cubs have their work cut out for them. For Baltimore, you wiping your head a little bit because you don't have to face Marcus Stroman because he pitched last night. But you will have to face Cal Hendricks this weekend. Yes, you did. They, 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 they faced him today, actually. And Cole Owen has mm-hmm. actually solid for the Orioles. So this, this could be a, a nice back and forth between two up-and-coming teams. So we'll see where they are. I mean, if you're the Cubs, I know sweeping the Orioles might be tough, but they could just win the series, win two out of three. I think they'll be, you know, maybe you can kind of say, okay, maybe this team has a shot perhaps taking the division. We'll see. Yep. Let's head over to the West Coast, Lakina, where the White Sox are, the Southsiders. <laughs> I'm going to take all the words out of your mouth and let me say them for you. They had a chance to <laughs> creep closer to the division title, but they pissed away a 4 nothing lead. Dylan Cease looked good. Even though you let a couple of runners on in that sixth inning, he, he got pulled. Ronaldo Lopez, I love him, but he came in there and uh, wet the bed. Chris Taylor hit a grand slam. Uh, even though the bullpen did shine last night for the White Sox, you had opportunities in the uh, last three innings uh, to get a run home. You didn't do it. The Dodgers ended up winning the game five to four and 11 innings, taking the series uh, two games out of three. Lakina, I was really angry last night. Thank goodness I do not have the energy to destroy this computer. One, I don't have the money to pay for another right now. And number two, there's only so much you could say about this White Sox team. And, and they're lucky they're in a piss poor AL Central division where they're still five and a half back. Lakina, you don't have to say it. I'll say it for you. They have so many opportunities uh, to get closer to the the division lead. It looks like we might have to say it again, at least for the uh, foreseeable future. But last night's game was so white. Sucks you leave for another, even though all four runs came on via the solo home run. Mm -hmm. It looks like the offense wants to start to break out, but uh, something bad happens. And uh, I'm not going to say I can't take it anymore, but. I don't know how much I could take. <laughs> and good night, everybody. I think you also kind of covered all of it. <laughs> but, but look, I mean, it, look, that game last night, I actually stayed up to watch it. Was So did I. There's an hour and a half I can't get back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the, the pinnacle of the Sox season. You're up for nothing. And he's actually pitched you know, pretty well against a pretty solid lineup in the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, of course, you know, they let, he let a couple runners on. You know, bullpen comes in. They blow that. Lee, your Chris Harris grand slam, just like that. You're tied. They had a couple of chances in the later innings. Then, of course, I mean, Bummer actually pitched out of the jam. But then mm-hmm. you know, what happened is, of course, you know, they load up. And, of course, Freddie Freeman hits a, a, a just a staunch over to to a center field. And I guess T.A. just you know, didn't even bother getting it because it was basically <laughs> could have went, went away. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that, that pretty much covers the Sox season, I feel like. And, and look, this is why I said – this is why I've said to White Sox fans, not not you, Sid, you personally, but other White mm-hmm. Sox fans, when I say, oh, the White Sox are back, well, 
Look what look what you saw in that series against the Dodgers. I mean, look, they have plenty of chance to pass even sweep the se- well, not sweep, but at least win the series. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to do that. So yeah, you, yeah, you pitch well against Clayton Kershaw. Of course, the irony is it was a nationally tentative televised game. Yay, good for you. You know, look, Jay Berger. You know, look, yeah, you know, I think he's definitely making a case for having a spot in the All Star game, which he should. Well, we we'll get to that. You know, in a second because they do face Seattle this week. That should be an interesting series. But for me, like I said. As the late, you know, God rest his soul, the late great Diddy Greed always says, they are who you thought they were. And for anybody that thought the White Sox, this White Sox squad was going to turn the corner, well, and look, guess what? Mankata's back on the DL. I swear, I think he and uh, he and Eloy <laughs> take turns So who's going to be on the DL first. I mean, it's just crazy. Look, so that means that Eloy's going to be back on the DL in about a week or two. So get ready for that. But whatever it is, what it is. But <laughs> But yeah, it's like I said. They, they, like I said, they're they're comical. The ale such as comical, and uh, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> uh, if it was, here's another uh, old saying: If it wasn't for bad luck, you wouldn't have uh, uh, luck at uh, any luck at all. Mike Clevenger was actually pitching well on a Wednesday, and then his wife biceps decided to give up. I thought it was much worse that he popped an elbow, or popped a shoulder, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness, as we know right now, is a is a bice, right biceps injury. Hopefully, he's okay. But I uh, say. <laughs> if it wasn't for one bad thing, uh, 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 anyway, I lost I lost train of thought on that. But hopefully, Mike Clevenger is okay. But of course, the trainer had to come out again last night for Garrett Crochet. Thank goodness they went yep. back down. But hopefully, we, it's nothing worse with him because he was the pitcher on the mound they uh, they gave up the running run last night. He was actually pitching well up to that point, the first, uh, the tenth inning, but the eleventh inning just came unraveling. But the White Sox still have a chance. Even though it's not the greatest chance, they still have a chance. I know they face your Mariners uh, this weekend, Lakina, and the Mariners haven't done well this year either. You thought they were starting to get back to 500. They're currently one game under, but uh, it's been a struggle for them as well. So I'm not going to say this series is a process of elimination, but it, it seems that way, given the way the, both these teams play, uh, have played so far this year. But for the White Sox, it looks like they're starting to come out of it in spurts offensively. But like we said, they're starting pitching. And the bullpen, outside a couple of gaps last night, has actually been pretty good outside of that Marlins series last weekend. So, the, as we said before, the White Sox are consistently inconsistent. Can they turn us around? Of course they can. Well, that's the damn question. I feel much angrier saying that than last year. Comical. You see a, a trending problem here? I do. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, like I said, it's comical. I mean, look, look. I mean, sure, the Sox still got a shot to win the division. Of course they do. But like I said, I don't believe in them. I don't believe that they can just because the inconsistencies of it. I'm sorry, I don't. They haven't given. Look, they haven't given me a shot. Yeah, you, you saw some spurts in that, um, in, a, in that Wednesday game uh, against Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then you know you do stupid things like you know a drop, a drop, a fly ball or. The bullpen sticking it up. I mean, this this team has not given me any reason to hope. So, like, this is why I say I'm keeping my expectations over the Sox team. If they win a division, come back great. But yeah, they're gonna get their butts kicked by either a Baltimore or a Yankees or you know if Houston makes it. Like, I don't have no faith in this team. I don't. But you know, like I said, it is what it is with them. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. As this is second season sports on Sports Social Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. We're gonna talk. Talking more baseball here in this, you know, next few minutes. Um, what caught what caught your a lot of stuff you caught my eye, but I'll start with you. What caught your eye this week in the rest of the MLB? Oh, uh, the Oakland Athletics. I know their seven game winning streak ended yesterday, but I want to talk about Tuesday's game for a moment. I don't, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game or 
uh, watch the highlights. But their fans uh, came to the game in protest, peaceful protest from what I what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a reversed, uh, reversed a, a protest uh, game. I, I think all the proceeds from that game went to the Oakland A's community charities, uh, from mm-hmm. what I read and heard. But uh, during the fifth inning, after uh, uh, I forgot the Tampa Bay hitter's name, Walt, all all the Oakland fans in there in that stadium uh, stood up and said, "Sell the team, sell the team." Yeah, that chain got started here in Chicago with the White Sox. I wish some White Sox fans could do the same thing. We'll see about that down the road. But the Oakland fans made their voices heard. Uh, they got all the national attention, both locally and nationally. And uh, until yesterday, the Oakland A's team has been playing very well. But we all know that they're going through a rebuild right now, just like a few other bottom feeder teams like Cincinnati, even though they were on game under 500 in Kansas City. Uh, those Oakland fans really uh, – uh, made their voices heard and now the Nevada governor that signed the legislation to get some money to try to build a new stadium in Las Vegas. So, and of course, Oakland is there at that dump. Now they turned the beautiful baseball park into a dump, partially thanks to the Oakland, then Oakland Raiders moving back there in 95, but they turned the original baseball stadium to a dump. And I know they're there. Their lease is, is up after next season. So uh, I really feel for those Oakland fans, but they really made themselves proud for the most part on Tuesday with their protests. So, in the stands I mean, during that game against Tampa. Yeah, I saw that. And look, you know, they they split their series with Tampa. I think they have a lot to be proud of there. They actually split their series, actually won that game uh, during that whole thing. I mean, look, I mean, mm-hmm. look, it's good to see, look, your, your fans got everybody to make your voices heard. You know, it doesn't mean it's going to change anyone's mind. I mean, you can try, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, look, o- over the years, yes, the place has been unfortunately a dumpster fire. It's probably one of the worst. It, it was one of the best. Now it's one of the worst ballparks in baseball now. And look, I mean, look, you did what you could. I mean, look, you made some headlines, great, but you know, nothing was going to change. I mean, they're going to go to Vegas. The Nevada governor already signed legislation, you know, putting you know some money and state money from that new stadium. But okay, I mean, look, you got your headlines, but like I said, I mean, it really didn't do too much. So, I mean, I, I really don't get what the, what was the point of this. I mean, you were going to the games beforehand. I mean. That that's not helping your cause either. So like I'm kind of like figure this it was counterproductive on the, these A's fans part. But look, I mean they're they should be proud of what they did. But like I said, I mean it didn't really do anything. But you know it is what it is. Again, also too for the world of baseball this week, of course the Baltimore Orioles who are taking on the Chicago Cubs this weekend as we speak. They take two out of three for the Toronto uh, Blue Jays. Clune win the series finale four to two. Yesterday, also to the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, they win their series, uh, their their game against the Arizona Diamondbacks yesterday. So they're back to 500. As we told you guys, the Philadelphia Phillies, they're starting to come along right now. And they're getting some great starting pitching with Zach Wheeler, Kyle Schwarber is bad. It's starting to wake up and Trey Turner as well. So. Uh, Philadelphia, you better watch out for them. So they're really uh, coming up on the prior right now. I want to get to this game from last night, Lakina, going back to the American League. Uh, the Anaheim Angels and the Texas Rangers, of course. Anaheim is, ends up winning the game 5-3. to three. It was a great pitching matchup between Shohei Otani and Nathan Avaldi. Of course, Shohei Otani hit another home run last night. Uh, another sneaky team in the Anaheim Angels, looking at they're not going away. I believe they're seven to eight games over 500. Uh, they beat a really very good uh, Texas Rangers team who currently lead the AL West division. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Angels have been pretty solid, even though Mitra has had a good June so far. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if they can keep it up. Like I said, I mean, like, like I said, wait till the end of the month before I start taking some of these teams like, um, like the Angels, like the Diamond Bass. We'll get to them in a second. 
<laughs> I'm kind of like right there. Look, I mean, what they've been doing is nothing but great. And we know Shohei is doing Shohei things, but with the pitting and pitching. But like I said, I mean, look, let's wait. I want to give them until like maybe mid-July before I start you know, taking some of these teams seriously. So, but yeah, look, a nice showing by them. And look, it, it, it's, it's look, I mean, they should be very, they should be very good of where they're at. I know our buddy, uh, Chris Gilman, our uh, girl, Christine uh, Madica's uh, fiance, I know he's very happy with where they're at <laughs> right now. Talking about the Angels. So, Really good. Uh, saying that division, you know, Framer Valdez, um, he allowed just one hit in um, against the Nationals, and that lowers his ERA uh, over his last five starts to just one one point three two, and that's the lowest ERA over a five start open for him in his career. So make the case for the Cy Young. I don't know if you know he may not. I don't know if he'll be like in the conversation for the Cy Young, but he's been a very he's been very solid. I know I know it's the Nationals. I get it, but look, I mean, you know, he's been doing it for his last over the last five starts, so I think he should get definitely get commended for that and look that one game that the Blue Jays did with the Orioles and you know Jose Barrios um had probably won that had pitched definitely a gem yes now he's 10 and 0 uh right now I, I guess the uh, mm-hmm. Orioles was with, with that win and that's time for the third most uh without a loss of versus a single opponent over 80 years of course Ray Johnson was 13-0 against the Cubs Clayton Kershaw's 11-0 now against the Mets and uh Bill Gullis again all the way back <laughs> a ways but he's 10 he was 10-0 against the Mariners so you know, it's definitely, you know, a great showing by Burials. And, you know, we actually had a pretty solid, one of the few bright spots that pitches have for the Blue Jays. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they look short. Look, Shoreboard's been very good for the uh, the Phillies, too. That's why they're starting to get it going. You know, he had uh, 16 home runs in 2021. That's the most. In last season, he had, he had 12, you know, in June. He, you know, he had already has uh, five already, which is already tied for the most in MLB for this month so far. So, Another great showing by uh, Mr. Schwarber there. Eli De La Cruz, of course, the Reds phenom. Um, you know, he already has now four stolen bases and four RBIs in his first um, career games. You know, the first guy to do that was Vince Coleman back in 85. He would end up winning uh, Rookie of the Year in the National League, you know, that year. We're talking about Coleman did. So, again, we'll see if he can keep it up. I mean, it's kind of hard to sort of make this, especially with such a little sample size. But, We'll see if he can kind of keep it going, especially once more, you know, pitchers start, you know, seeing what kind of what his stance is and stuff, you know, how he does and you know, approaches pitches and stuff. So we'll see. But yeah, I think those are just some of the things that kind of caught my eye in MLB this weekend, this week, I should say. Staying in the National League, the San Diego Padres take two out of three from the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, that should be good news. Uh, if you're a White Sox fan, for those of you that still holding out hope and in the, uh, Subway Series 2023 edition between the Yankees and the Mets. Of course, the Yankees won the opener while Justin Verlander uh, pitched well in the Mets won it in 10 innings on Wednesday before a national audience. So I know the Mets have that struggle so far this year. Lakina, the Yankees, same thing, but they're above 500. The Mets are not, uh, as we talk about the state of New York baseball for a minute. I think the Yankees, once they get healthy, I think they'll be okay. I don't think they're going to take over Tampa Bay for the American League East, but uh, that but the Yankees can still be more than competitive to get in, uh, into the playoffs. Now, on the flip side for the Mets, I'm not like I like we said. I'm not sure that firing Buckshaw Walter is going to do anything. But Francisco Lindor has shaved his head. He's bald headed like yours truly now. So we'll see if that helps anything. But it was nice to see Justin Verlander get back to the Justin Verlander of old on Wednesday, pitching a gem for him. He's been inconsistent so far this year. Part of it has been doing to his early season injuries. 
Yeah, yeah, we saw a little bit of that old Justin Verlander on that in that Wednesday game. So we'll we'll see if he can kind of keep it up with that. As far as Yankees are concerned, like I said, I think once Aaron Judge is back, you know, and they they you know that's a couple other guys too doing an injury. <laughs> I think once they're healthy, I think they should be okay. I don't think they're going to be able to catch uh, the Rays. You know, we'll get to the Rays in a little. You know, but you know, first team already oh, got the best record, the first team to fifty you know, and, and such. But Look, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good if you're the Mets right now. You can kind of get it going, you know, perhaps maybe. Look, it's still – look, I mean, the, as worse as is, Italy's still right there to win it. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, real quick, before we go to our scheduling, of course, the Giants swept the Cardinals. And uh, the Cardinals were actually up like 5-3 to three or something like that, down to their last out, of course. Uh, <laughs> so uh, – but the Giants, you know, went uh, – I mean, uh, scored five – in their half of the night, and also a two in, you know, in their half, you know, they took tie, and then they scored three in the top of the tent to sweep them. And I don't know. I mean, I thought that maybe the Carls were, were figuring things out, but it turns out they haven't. So, like, I don't want to say they're out of it, but they're making it hard to kind of make that impression. Yeah, I agree. I don't see a 2021 run in them as they almost ran the table the late August through September to get into a playoffs before Friday. Mike Schmidt is their manager last year. You have a different personnel in there this year for the Cardinals. You know, Rilsa Contreras uh, mm-hmm. among the new players. Of course, I, I know they have Jordan Walker up there as a prospect call up now. So uh, you don't want to count them out, but I'm getting those vibes as well. It's like, I don't think this is going to be their year to qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, it's not looking good for them now. The rest of the schedule for this weekend in baseball, of course, we talked about it earlier. Baltimore, Chicago, the first game of that series will, uh, you know, first pitch of that, we'll kick off in about 25 minutes. But still, listen to us, too, first before you, you, know, you can do a little multitasking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Miami and Washington, uh, that should be interesting. Well, you know, not too interesting in the NL East. We'll see if Miami kind of keep it. They had a kind of a rough week this week. Uh, Red Sox and Yankees again this time over at Fenway. Oh gosh, okay. Uh, Bobby Fenway Park. Fenway <laughs> Park. Uh, <laughs> St. Louis and St. Louis and the Mets. Me, those Cardinals. Uh, St. Louis and the Mets. Uh, they start their uh weekend series. Colorado and Atlanta. Toronto and Texas. That should be an interesting one there in the AL West. Uh, the Angels and uh, the Royals. The Angels start their uh continued their. Uh, East Coast Road Trip and the Reds versus Houston on ESPN Plus. First game of that game will be on ESPN Plus at 710. All right. The rest of the uh, series weekend schedule looks like this. The Minnesota Tigers will take on the Minnesota Twins in this, uh, continuing their weekend series. Of course, Detroit Tigers. Detroit, Detroit Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Detroit won the opener last night, eight to four. Of course, you have Pittsburgh and Milwaukee, Cleveland and Arizona. Philadelphia at Oakland, Tampa Bay at San Diego, and then wrapping up the Giants, the San Francisco Giants in the L.A. Dodgers. They battle for the first, uh, I think the second time this year. This time is mm-hmm. in a Dodgers stadium. Your Apple TV Plus schedule for tonight looks like this. You have Milwaukee hosting Pittsburgh at 7 o'clock. And, of course, our Chicago White Sox will travel to Seattle to take on the Mariners. That's the second game at Apple TV Plus doubleheader. That's at 9-10 Central Standard Time. Yeah, remember, you won't be able to watch those games in your local uh, affiliates unless you get Apple TV Plus and unless mm-hmm. you get MLTV.com. Uh, so that's the only place you'll be able to watch those games. Your national uh, games for uh, tomorrow, Saturday, you got Angels and uh, Kansas City. They'll be on FS1 at 310. And your Fox Regional Saturday night uh, you know, lineup here, you got most people will get, I'm sure here in Chicago too, will get the Yankees and the Reds and the Red Sox. And also <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay and San Diego. That should be a, that should be a, still be a fun series, though, too. Um, on Fox, you know, that'll be, we'll do in the West Coast and all those you like in the, uh, the middle Atlantic. 
Um, and also too another uh, another uh, game. You got the the Guardians and the Diamondbacks. That should be an interesting one there in Game Two of that series on FS1 as the Guardians continue their uh, West Coast trip. And your Peacock game of the week Sunday, of course, you got the Orioles and the Cubs. So all you Orioles and Cubs fans, I mean, I think it's the second time that the Orioles have been on uh, Peacock this year. I think the yes. Cubs too. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, twelve oh five on Sunday at P- on Peacock. So make sure you guys stream that um, as well. And of course, you know, as we thought, Sid, uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox as they finished up their series, <laughs> the ESPN Sunday game of the week. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and that's your and that- schedule for this weekend uh, in MLB. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues. We're kicking off hour number two with Mr. John Saglul of Sports Talk Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravagance we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments, especially for our next guest, you can always hit us up on the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, one of our uh, missions uh, this year was to bring on new people uh, to join mm -hmm. us here on Second City Sports. The next person we, we have up right now is a rising young star in our business. Uh, he has a podcast called Sports Talk Chicago. He's been everywhere uh, interviewing legends like Mike North, Ferguson Jenkins, to name a few, including our good friend of this podcast, George Offman, Hall of Fame Chicago sports broadcaster. Uh, you can follow uh, Johnson Gluel on Twitter and IG at John Z Sports. Once again, J O N Z Sports on the Twitter and the IG. And don't forget, you can follow him also on Facebook at John Saglua. From Sports Talk Chicago Podcast, you can watch also here on YouTube and wherever you can get your podcasts. We will welcome in Mr. John Saglua to the program. John, welcome to the show. How are you, my man? Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, uh, first show ever in which you guys got the pronunciation right. You got all the Twitter and the IG stuff right. <laughs> You guys did your homework, and I really appreciate that very, very nice intro. Well, we, yeah, we had to go welcome. to Fonda's class. <laughs> we had to go to Fonda's <laughs> class for some of that. <laughs> We're happy to have you here, John. Uh, so you go first with the first question. Yeah, we'll, since we talked about baseball in the last half hour, John, we'll stick with baseball. I'll leave my White Sox out of it just to regain my sanity. <laughs> but <laughs> Chicago Cubs, they swept the Pittsburgh Pirates. Earlier this week, they t they're facing the Baltimore Orioles uh, starting today for this weekend. Of course, the Cubs, this is their first three-game winning streak since they won four in a row back in mid-April. Uh, what do you think has been the difference with this uh, Cubs team uh, this year? I know people got upset when they got blown out last Sunday at San Francisco, even though they did take two out of three. But uh, what do you think has been the difference with this Cubs team in this uh, recent turnaround? Yeah, I think just the overall performance has gotten so much better. I mean, you know, what was their problem in the beginning, right? Uh, a lot of guys weren't hitting. The guys who should have been hitting weren't hitting. The guys who were pitching <laughs> were, were not coming through. Jameson Tyone was showing uh, Tyler Chatwood-esque vibes or uh, Edwin Jackson-esque vibes uh, mm -hmm. early on. And Tyone still has to find a way to really turn that around himself. But you know, you got an anchor at the top of the rotation in Marcus Stroman, who is at this point, in my opinion, the NL Cy Young Award favorite. If the season ended today, leads all NL pitchers in war and leads all NL pitchers in ERA. Um, so, you know, just guys have started to perform and pick it up. Those who are doing well have become elite, like Marcus Stroman, other players. And just, you know, the Cubs hitting in general has gotten better uh, over time as the season has moved forward. And you usually see that, right? You know, opening the season, first couple of games, even first couple of weeks, it takes guys time to get back into that focus of baseball, playing every day, uh, you know, seeing the ball come out of the pitcher's hand, timing. Uh, but the Cubs, as of late, have done a much better job hitting the baseball as well, and I think that's helped them out in uh, regards to their success for sure. Do you think they have a shot to winning the, uh, the division still? They're only three and a half back as we're recording this, so what do you think of their chances? I think anything's possible. Um, you know, at this point, they shouldn't even be three and a half games back. If you look up their Pythagorean win-loss on baseball reference, which 
basically says what the Cubs' record should be based on their run differential, there should be a game over 500. Uh, so the fact that they're down where they are right now is actually uh, an indictment of David Ross, an indictment of Jed Hoyer, an indictment of this Cubs' leadership. I think anything is still possible. Uh, I do worry that maybe this Cubs team, especially going all the way up to the Ricketts, may still want to sell at the deadline because, I mean, let's face it, this is not a World Series contender. It's just a fun mm-hmm. team. So I could see them still selling, blowing it up, quote-unquote, once again. I mean, right now, Marcus Stroman's been asking three or four times for an extension, and the Cubs won't even engage with him on those talks, which I think is ridiculous. Even if you <laughs> plan on trading him, at least tell him straight up. Don't just lure him along for the rest of this season because he's putting up such a great performance possible it's certainly doable the question is though are the cubs willing to buy in is management willing to buy in and as of this taping i'm not so sure about that you brought up manager david ross john and i know there's been some whispers that his job should be in jeopardy but even with this recent winning streak uh do you think that he's the manager for the foreseeable future because i know at the beginning of the season some people said that he didn't have the horses uh to come to uh to compete with, it looks like he may have the least of majority of them now, barring injuries. Do you think his job is in jeopardy here for the foreseeable future? I mean, I think he should be canned today, Sydney. It, it really, okay. I mean, I, I've not been happy with his performance. And from day one, the Cubs hired him as a public relations move. They hired him around the time that they sold off everybody. The whole point was to keep Cubs fans happy because they knew that the fire sale was going to come. They knew that fans weren't going to be thrilled about it. And even as we sit here today, the only two people on this team who were on that 2016 team are Kyle Hendricks and David Ross, the manager. The whole reason he was hired was for that reason and that reason alone. Now, they won their division in the COVID-shortened year, which is not, in my opinion, too much of an accomplishment. They finished just eight games above 500, and they've been on a tailspin ever since. This year, the Cubs should be a game over 500, and instead, they're still, what, seven or eight games under? So, who do we blame now? I mean, we could blame the players for sure, but the run differential's there. So where else should it be going? Well, technically speaking, David Ross has made a number of mistakes this season. There's no doubt about that. Everybody could agree on that. I think his job is in jeopardy. And I think if the Cubs had a more experienced manager, not somebody who's hired because of favoritism or because of his name or because of the 2016 World Series, I think they'd be in a better position today. So as far as by the end of this season, I have my own questions about whether or not David Ross should be there. Maybe he will be. Maybe he'll survive one more year. I don't think he should. And if I were Jed Hoyer, I'd fire his ass immediately. Well, the weird thing is they actually still have, uh, I think they're the only NL Central that has like a positive run differential. So go figure on that. Now I'm going to bring uh, back Sid Sandy, you know, for a second, uh, talk about his, <laughs> well, about his White Sox. Uh, of course you lose, they lose two out of three against, uh, against the Dodgers. I mean, the AL Central, we thought we, we talked about the NL Central being uh, bad, but I think the AL Central is comical. They're still five and a half back. What do you like their chance of perhaps maybe making a, a run and perhaps winning the division? You're talking about the White Sox or the Cubs, yeah. just to be sure? The Sox. The White Sox. Yeah, I think anything's possible. Uh, I would love it just for the sake of a feel-good story. I think it'd be so fun to see this team that was really down and out back in April and May you know, people calling into radio stations, roasting the White Sox, saying to blow it all up and fire everybody. It would just be a cool story to see them make a comeback. I'm rooting for them every day, uh, just as, you know, on the outside looking in. I'd love to see them make a comeback. I'd, lo- I'd love seeing these role players step up. Jake Berger. Uh, how about Jake Berger 
uh, being one of the most elite power hitters in baseball. And that's a fact based on home mm-hmm. runs and based on at-bats per homer. He's fourth in all of baseball in at-bats uh, per homer, uh, which is unbelievable. Uh, and he had just clobbered another one uh, yesterday. So the story with the White Sox is nice. Uh, as far as personnel and talent goes, are they going to do it? I have my doubts. Uh, they have to leapfrog a couple of teams at this point. Not impossible to do. They really need to get on like a nice win streak, like a nine or 10 game win streak or eight game win streak, or, Hey, they've won 20 of their last 30, something like that to really just boost them up and put them back into that conversation. Uh, If they are contending for the division title, if they're like three games out, it's the trade deadline. I would hope they don't sell either, by the way, just as an aside, I want to see them try and do it. I just want to see everybody shut up. I want to see everybody shut their mouths and have to deal with the fact that somehow, some way this, a team of misfits turns it around and wins the division. That said, long-term, is this the team of the future? I have my doubts there too, right? I mean, this division is so weak. That's why they're still involved. As we speak, they're 10 games under. That is concerning no matter what. So we could see a rebuild for them. Uh, but if they're in it, hey, I'm all for them continuing to pursue it. We know that first-year manager Pedro Grafal uh, has his hands full. As you mentioned, they're 10 games under, but they sell five and a half back. We're a great if you could, could you give Mr. Grafal so far in his performance as manager of the Sox? I would say, if you want me to give a letter grade, I'd say a C, but the true grade is incomplete. Uh, I would say we still don't know yet. You know what? Everyone's going to go after Grafal just like everybody went after Tony La Russa, and I think we can mm-hmm. sincerely see right now it was not Tony La Russa's fault, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not even Grafal's fault. Uh, this team has underperformed. Uh, you know, I looked up the White Sox numbers today. I, I love looking on baseball reference. I look at it almost every day. And what do I see? I see three players in their everyday lineup with OPS pluses above 100. Everybody else is under. So the majority of this White Sox batting order is below average at hitting. If you look at their pitching, Giolito's been good, but he's the best with a 3 5 4 ERA. Lance Lynn is still near seven. I mean, you know, they're. They, no one's performing. Dylan Seats, what, what happened to him? Uh, Michael Kopech in the area mm-hmm. above four. So it's not Griffol. It wasn't La Russa. These players, who they have spent their time and money investing in, are simply not performing. We could go back to the beginning of the season. Oh, wow, Oscar Colas is getting called up. I can't wait to watch Oscar Colas play. Oh, now he's back in AAA because he couldn't even hit a major league pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we move forward and we see, we, we see how this team has been performing. I am reluctant to blame Grafol for anything. Now, could that change, right? By the end of this year, maybe we'll see more tactical mistakes. We'll see dumb moves and idiotic decisions. We could go back and blame Grafol and, and you know trash on him all we want. But I think really uh, Grafol uh, and his performance and this White Sox performance in general is just vindicating what White Sox fans have seen for the past couple of years, what Tony LaRusso was fired for, supposedly fired for or let go for. I think at the end of the day, these players have got to step it up. What about Tim Anderson, one of the worst qualified hitters in baseball right now? And no one's talking about that story either. So many issues. So many guys need to step it up. And if they don't, that's going to be the reason why they fail this year. Talking to our new friend, Sports Star Chicago podcast, John Segul here on Second City Sports. I'm Sports Star Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Let's talk about something that's, you know, things looking up for one team, and that is the Chicago Bears. They just finished mini camp. They'll do training camp later on in July. 
What are your expectations for the Bears this year? I mean, of course, they made a lot of great moves. They got DJ Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, among others. So where do you see this Bears team, you know, as far as maybe at least contending for the NFC North? Yeah, I think it's well within reach. You know, I've heard people say, well, you need to give them another year. Maybe they'll win six or seven games. I don't think so. They've spent a lot of money. They've made huge financial commitments to a number of different players. They've indirectly invested and directly in Justin Fields. They've told Justin, hey, you're the guy, and we're finally going to give you pieces that are going to help you succeed. Uh, You know, DJ Moore being chiefly right up there, number one. But even if you add more to Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, uh, that is a solid trio for for your wide receiving core. Uh, The Bears have drafted Roshan Johnson, who I believe by week six or seven is going to be the RB1 here in Chicago. They bolstered their offensive line. They're still looking for an edge rusher. Uh, Linebacking core is looking good. So the point is the Bears have spent a lot of money. Ryan Poles has spent a lot of money. I would be disappointed myself if they are not at least eight, nine minimum in 2023. And in fact, I mean, in a perfect world, they should be contending or not clinching a wild card spot. I think that's very much in reach if what everyone's saying comes to light, right? So if Justin Fields does take this big leap, like everybody's predicting, and throws for maybe, let's say, 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, maybe 1,000 rushing yards, this team should easily be in the wild card, uh, wild card weekend. Um, you know, you think about uh, defensively, you know, they could be better based off of last year. They gave up way too many points at times last year. Granted, they were tanking, but still. Uh, think about this offensive line protecting Fields, which has gotten better, and even the run game and the wide receiving core. I think the Bears have done so much good. I have very little to criticize about their offseason. But as a result, their expectations have certainly become heightened. So we can't hold them to a higher standard or celebrate, excuse me, celebrate a five or six win season and claim that they doubled their win total from last year. Uh, They spent a lot of money. It's time that they put up results to show for it. And I think they will in 2023. Sticking with the Bears, John, I did catch your commentary yesterday about the whole Bears situation. I'm using air quotes for those listening back on our replay on the podcast about the about the stadium situation. Of course, the Bears brought in new president, Kevin Warren, to yep. smooth out that situation. I don't want you to give your whole speech again, but uh, give us your uh, your abbreviated take about this uh, uh, this situation of pin, uh, pinning uh, neighboring suburbs against Arlington Heights uh, with this uh, stadium situation going on right now. Me personally, me and Lakina talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think that at the end of the day, Arlington Heights is, uh, is that's going to be the new home for the Chicago Bears. They already started to tear up that uh, that track to, to build it. So uh, give us your uh, quick synopsis on, on that situation. Yeah, I just think it's colossally dumb. Uh, you already bought the property. You're already doing construction on it. And you've told fans actually for years that this is going to be the place indirectly. There have been press, I mean, since 2019, there have been talks about this. 2020, there have been talks about going to Arlington Heights mm-hmm. and taking over the race course. So when reports come out that, hey, we're trying to move to Naperville, we might go to Waukegan. Uh, you know, I know that one came up the other day. It's like, mm-hmm. what are we doing, guys? Huh? I mean, you know, keep your message the same. Everybody's already had their feelings come out, good or bad, about Arlington Heights, but people are willing to accept it. I think at this point, everyone's like, okay, when's it going to open up? How nice is it going to be? Is it going to be better than Soldier Field? Great. Exciting. Let's do it. Um, You know, having all these other cities come up, having meetings with other cities, really for no reason. I just think it's a bad PR move. I think it's kind of dumb. And, you know, fans want to know what's going on, and rightfully so. They, They deserve to know what's going on. So throwing in all this confusion at the last second when you already bought the property and you're starting to tear things down, to me, does not make too much sense. So 
help Kevin Warren and company come to their senses, stick with Arlington Heights, and get that stadium built ASAP because people, I promise you, are going to show up. What a Bearsy move this is, Rio, for them, you know, doing all this. Yeah, they oh, did, yeah. They had like Romeoville. I think I saw some, somebody said something about that too. <laughs> Peoria, maybe, maybe Oakland or Tinley Park or whatever. But, <laughs> but John, let, let's talk some, uh, go to the, let's say maybe talk some Bulls. Now, of course, there have been some rumors that, that the Bulls are exploring, maybe perhaps maybe trading Zach Levine for Bradley Beal. Perhaps, of course, you know, for anybody that don't know, Bradley Beal, uh, they is openness that he wants to be traded and such. So where do you think the Bulls are? I mean, they don't they don't have a draft pick. Um, you know, all this other stuff. They got they got to think about whether they want to bring back IO or perhaps maybe P Will. So what what do you think of what the moves of uh, the Bulls should make? I had to be a naysayer or a doomsday guy. I feel like I've been doing that a lot, but really all these Chicago teams are in big trouble, <laughs> with the exception of maybe the Bears and the Bulls are no exception. Um, what a disappointing season. Uh, you know, we, we saw them, you know, we were expecting so much improvement. We were expecting some good things and they get bounced in the playing round um, and, and really do nothing for themselves. You know, Nikola Vucevic is technically a free agent. Uh, technically. I mean, he will be. Uh, now they're exploring trading Zach Levine. DeMar DeRozan is on the fritz himself. It could be out of here sooner rather than later. The point is this core that Arturus Karnishev has built has only lasted three years, and it's produced nothing. I mean, it's produced absolutely nothing. It's been a total joke and a waste of time, in my opinion. And now you're at a situation where you're already having to make the choice of, should we pay Vooch? Should we trade Levine? Will DeRozan stick around? You're already at a point where you might have to do a rebuild again after you came in and claimed that you just did a rebuild and just rebuilt this team up to, what, you know, a 46-36 and 36 season, and, you know, the Bulls that year were near the uh, top of the East for that first uh, part of the season for the All-Star break. So that, that's the best you could be, I guess, with this core. Uh, if, this, if that's the ceiling for this core, I advocate to break it up, and I advocate for this team to, to rebuild. But then what do you do when you have no draft picks even? What do you do when you've traded draft picks away, you lose a draft pick to tampering, I mean, it's a really bad situation, and really, this reflects solely on Arturis Karnishevas. I mean, this is sad. You know, this is somebody who came in and was supposedly one of the smaller architects behind the Nuggets, who now just won the finals. I don't know what the hell happened here. I, I don't. I don't know what the objective was from day one. Maybe to win quick and win fast and get rid of all the players that Garpax drafted or developed, which is fine. But if you plan on doing that, you got to make sure you develop and you draft the right players. Patrick Williams, for all intents and purposes, is a bust. And that was his first pick. Everybody touted it. Patrick Williams sucks. And he has done nothing of significance in the National Basketball Association. Uh, you know, Zach could be on his way out. Uh, Nikola Vucevic may, in fact, be on his way out. And DeMar DeRozan will be joining him, too. So what else do you even have to stand on? Uh, the Bulls have to make some serious decisions about what their future to look like. My expectation and my recommendation is, at this point, prepare to rebuild, stock up draft capital, and Bulls fans should prepare for a long couple of years. That said, if they do it right, this team's going to be great by 2025, 2026 maybe, which is something to hang your hat on. But what else could you do with the situation that you're in? They don't want to go over the cap. This core or that they've invested in can't even do anything but get to the playoffs barely. So you're really in a horrible position no matter what. I don't envy their decision. I don't envy being a decision maker. But if it were me, I kind of bite the bullet, uh, tear it up, 
and move forward and see what you could do. Reassess. Last moment or two with Sports Talk Chicago podcast host, Mr. Johnson Galul, right here on uh, right here on Second City Sports, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you. John, last question from me. Uh, we, as I mentioned at the top before we brought you on, you interviewed so many great uh, stars in the sports world like Tim Kirchin, Mike North, and George Altman. How did you uh, get this podcast started? I see now you have a couple of new co-hosts that's joining your podcast network. Uh, tell us how that all got started and kind of coming to where it is now. Sure. I uh, started Sports Talk Chicago when I was 13 years old in my bedroom. Uh, began it as a free blog, turned it into a website. Self-taught myself how to podcast at 14. A lot of those were audio. And, uh, you know, ever since then, the thing's really proliferated into what it is today. Uh, you know, we're, we're on a couple of local television affiliates. We're on a local uh, terrestrial radio affiliate. Obviously, our YouTube channel, 18,000-plus subscribers strong. Um, and the podcast itself is obviously still going strong wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, just over time, just kind of learning. Hey, how do I do a podcast? Um, you know, how do I get guests? How do I maintain relationships? How do I find new guests? Uh, you know, it's certainly a process. And now we've kind of expanded into a network where we have uh, Joey Christopoulos and former Bear Corey Wooten uh, doing a show for us on YouTube. And uh, Clay Harbor, uh, former NFL tight end, doing a show for us as well on YouTube and uh, podcasting platforms. You know, it's summer, dog days of summer. Uh, we're not getting as much production overall. I envision that will change once the football season comes rolling around in mm -hmm. August. And they're going to start doing weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, twice-a-week shows, which is going to be huge on top of the production that I do. Um, so, you know, a cool journey, fun stuff. Um, you know, it used to be an identifier for me, like, this is me. Now it's more like, hey, you know what? I just enjoy doing this. It's, it's not as hardcore as I used to perceive it before. And I think it's actually um, allowed myself to produce better content because I'm not living or dying on it. I'm just enjoying the ride. And that's the fun part about it. So uh, super fun, good stuff to come, a lot of content to come. And uh, come bear season, I'll tell you, we're going to be the one of the number one spots next to you guys, of course. Not gonna, well, I'm not trying to take your audience <laughs> away, but next to you guys, we will be one of the top spots for Bears coverage for sure on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe today, today and check that out. Well, that's the best part about it is that, look, you know, we can always listen back on YouTube, you know, and vice versa. So it's always is. So where, uh, so where people can find your uh, your podcasts and such. Yep. Uh, Sports Talk Chicago. That's all you got to do. Search that up. Uh, Google. First thing that comes up, uh, you know, Bing, any search engine you use. Uh, but we got a podcast, uh, all podcasting platforms on YouTube at Sports Talk Chicago, on social, everywhere at Sports Talk Chicago as well. You can follow me personally at John Z Sports and uh, go to the website, obviously, sportstalkchicago.com for everything that you need. Uh, I'm trying to think. We're on two TV affiliates, Jed TV in Northwest Indiana and uh, ACTV, Aurora Public Access Television uh, in Aurora, in the Aurora area. That's on Xfinity and Comcast or um, Xfinity and UVerse. And then um, on radio, AM1230 WJOB, Thursdays, 5 to 6 p.m. So we are really, I mean, we're everywhere. So whatever's most convenient for you, I guarantee you we'll be there and you could consume our content. All right. That's been John Seglul of Sports Talk Chicago. As you mentioned, you can catch him everywhere on these social media streets, as we would say. John, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, great work, young man. Uh, keep up the great work. We'll definitely have you back on this program again very soon. And tell your guys that uh, they have an invite to this uh, or to our show as well. 
I will for sure. Thank you guys. Enjoyed the questions, enjoyed the banter, and uh, looking forward to the next time we chat. All right. Take care. You have a great weekend, okay? Thank you. You too. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks, John. Once again, that was John Sablua right. or Sports Talk Chicago. You can find him everywhere you get your podcast. You can find him on YouTube. Just type in Sports Talk Chicago. You can catch all his great content. As he mentioned, his uh, his co-host uh, bringing you Bears content. You can catch that also on the Sports Talk Chicago brand as well. All right, Sid. So uh, let's wrap things up after this break. We're going to talk about another championship, another first time championship being crowned, and why Bears and a few mm-hmm. other teams are uh, doing away with, uh, don't want nothing to do with hard knocks, apparently, of course. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> right? I know, right? Mm, it's just crazy. But uh, we'll talk, I'll talk about all that and more coming up next. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We'll be wrapping things up coming up. All right, I got to get this thing going here right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're Friday Fun, Fun Friday, however you want to name it. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Old Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. This is our last break of the show for today and for the week. We're going to make it a strong one. We're going to make it a great one, like we always do. But in the meantime, in between time, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow my Keenan McNeil on the tw- Twitter and I can't go me on the IG. Easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah. And we like to thank, uh, we'll thank him once again at the end of the show, but we'd like to thank John Saglour Saglour of uh, Sports Talk Chicago. You can check out his web- website at sportstalkchicago.com. He has great content on there as well. As we mentioned, uh, you can follow him at John J O N Z Sports on the Twitter and Instagram to also access those articles as well. He has strong takes. He makes a lot of sense whether you agree with him or not. And we're definitely going to have him back on this program for sure down the line. For sure. So, Sid, let's do that hockey. Uh, another yes. champion was crowned uh, after, of course, the Nuggets won their uh, their first championship. The Vegas Golden Knights win their first um, championship, the Stanley Cup uh, championship. Just, just, just hammering the uh, the the Florida Panthers. I mean, I think this is definitely probably the most uh, uh the most goals scored in a clinching game, if I'm not mistaken, in all mm-hmm. in NHL history. Um, nine to three, the final there, and you know, just a just you know, I, I kept the I kept the, the game in the background after like the second period. There was like five, like, you know, five to one or like six to one or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Panthers just go a couple goals. There's more like garbage goals like near the end. You know, mm-hmm. they just no, just no match for the uh, the knights. And yes. Actually- Go ahead, Lakina. Wi Fi issues. No, I don't. No, no, it's okay. Look, we, we, I have them too, so don't feel feel bad. Uh, Mark Stone <laughs> had two goals, including an assistant goal that kind of uh, started uh, that that just a hammering of uh, this, you know, this uh, this buzz off a score. Aaron Ekblad, who actually ended up turns out he actually had uh, like a broken shoulder. We <laughs> find out at the end of the game. Um, you know, of course, uh, Jonathan Merchant saw. I mean, he becomes the well, actually, he had, he had a hat trash, I say Mark Stone did, but uh, you know, Jonathan Merchant saw who was one of the uh, the first guys. You know, well, actually, he wasn't drafted, remember, he actually joins Wayne Gretzky as being the uh, just the second person to win the con smite without being drafted. Remember, when uh, Gretzky joined the Oilers, he was the, he was playing the W8, the old WHA, remember that, Sid? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, good, good grief, I know it's been like. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's but it's it's crazy but uh yeah i mean I, i'm happy for bruce cassidy you know they they lose a uh the brewers lose a tough uh uh stanley cup final a couple years ago he got you know axed last season now he comes back and wins uh a stanley cup and also two years i'll be happy for jack eichel who if you guys remember He's been around a while too, but yeah, he was in the same uh, draft class as uh, Connor McDavid. Now yeah, he got to the McDavid. Now the person's gonna be on him, perhaps maybe win, especially since Eichel got his uh, first. Uh, they actually are also the seventh franchise in NHL history to require six or fewer seasons to win their first uh, set of the cup. They actually become the the fastest, you know, NFL, MLB, maybe an NHL team to win a title since 
the Arizona D-Bats did it back in 01, of course, their World Series uh, there. But, uh, yeah, Sid, what did you think? Just a, It was just a buzzsaw, uh, the Panther. They just really they just couldn't really uh, figure, out, figure it all out. Yeah, Vegas showed you what they were made of from top to bottom. As we said throughout the series, even before the series began, Vegas can score with the best of them, but they had the most balanced roster in hockey now. Congratulations to them winning the Cup. Uh, they can score goals at a rapid pace, but they can be physical with you as well. As we talked about on the other side with the Florida Panthers, they don't have the firepower in terms of scoring. They had this, uh, the, the great goaltending in Sergey Grabowski uh, minus that last game. But uh, they were undisciplined at many times uh, throughout this series, and it really wreaked this ugly head as we talked about with the NBA Finals. Looking at Miami, they deserve to be there but they didn't have enough firepower to go against the Denver Nuggets. That's what happened here with the Florida Panthers. Great story. Well, being an AC, one of the last teams to get in um, and making their way to the Stanley Cup final, but they just didn't have enough firepower offensively to go at the Vegas Golden Knights. Congratulations again to the Vegas Golden Knights of uh, winning their first Stanley Cup. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say there's going to be a dynasty or anything like that, especially mm-hmm. in the game of hockey with the hard salary cap. It's very hard to do. We saw that with the Blackhawks, even though they squeezed out three, even though none of them was back-to-back. They barely squeezed out three uh, titles in the last decade uh, during this hard cap, salary cap era in the NHL. So congratulations again to the Golden Knights, but the better team won. And shouts out to TNT as well. I don't know what the num- final numbers were at the end, but they did a great job covering this uh, Stanley Cup final series, the first year of doing it for Turner Sports. Yeah, I got like a two point, I think like two point six, I think, you know, give or take, and which is not bad. It's not as good as it was last year, but I think if you're a Turner, you kind of unfortunately expected that being, you know, two teams, you know, in the Sun Belt, and you you, you don't really see, you know, a lot of us outside those. Uh, you saw Jack Eichel at a club in Las Vegas celebrating. There was like two people there that were <laughs> that were uh, applauding <laughs> him when he had the cup uh, with him. But uh, look at me, look, he's young, he's single. I mean, he he can do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm happy for Phil Kessel. This is his third uh, cup. Um, you know, like I said, Mercer Saul. I mean. Um, Mark Stone, among others, some of those guys are from uh, originally from uh, the Vegas, the, the inaugural season of the Golden Knights. Uh, mm-hmm. You're happy for uh, those guys. I mean, Alex Martinez has been around for a bit. Um, Shade Thea, Thea, Theodore, oh, John DeQuid, I think this is his second or third. Uh, I think uh, this is his third. What, yeah, third, his third because they won in it. I'm talking about the Kings. They won in it 2012 and, of course, 2014, yes. which should have been the Blackhawks year, but we yeah, won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Alex Martinez, you know, who, who yeah, scored the game winner in the UC in game seven in the 2014 Western Conference final. But yeah, 2012, <laughs> yeah. 2014, and now, now in 2023. I think this is Alex Martinez's third Stanley Cup ring as well, yeah, if I'm so not mistaken. Too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I guess I remember that. Uh... Yeah, the 2014. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm happy for Martinez. He was a big, he was a big part of this, this, uh, this uh, Stanley Cup win for them. But yeah, I mean, of course, you know, Bruce Cassidy. Of course, you know, allegedly, I guess he was let go because you know, players, some players thought he was too hard on them, and you saw the other the tough uh, loss that they had a, a couple of years uh, back. Um, I mean, look, you feel good for him because, you know, people thought that, oh, he was done for, oh, he's going to go to Vegas and just, you know, be going to oblivion. Well, you come back about just less than Mm -hmm. two years later and he wins his first cup. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, How fortunes turn sometimes in life in general, but especially in the world of sports, you know, Boston had a great regular season. You saw they got axed in the first round against against the Florida Panthers. 
and Bruce Cassidy. Oh, that's just chucking them. Remember Vegas barely missed the playoffs last <laughs> yeah. year. Uh, they came back, regrouped, and uh, got mm-hmm. themselves together. And now uh, the Stanley Cup chance. I'm glad it worked out for him personally. Yeah, if you remember uh, that uh, that 2019 uh, Stanley Cup loss that they had, of course, you know they lost to the Blues. And yeah. you know, I thought that team first. quit in Game Seven. That's just they my did. personal opinion. Yeah, it, you know they're at home and like. Yeah, it felt that way. And, you know, of course, you know, the Blues just, you know, bum rushed them in game seven. But, mm-hmm. you know, but look, you know, Cassie was able to, you know, to come back a couple of, like I said, like three years later and win a title. So, you know, look, sometimes the force like that, especially in hockey. So, you know, you got to give yeah. them a little bit of credit uh, for that. And look, I'm sure there's still a party in Vegas. I'm sure most most people are noticing, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're going to have a parade tomorrow night, Saturday, along the strip. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Before you waste your money away, or you have a very little money left, uh, go attend a uh, uh, go attend a Stanley Cup parade and then blow your money on these gambling machines, uh, the slot well, slot the machines. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the idea, right? That's probably why they're right. Doing that. so that's hilarious. But yeah, I think you look know, if only that cup could talk. It would need his own like you know two hundred ten or twelve episode uh, series on uh, probably one of the streamers, probably on Netflix or Hulu or Prime. Or yes, something. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that they would have Larry Giants, that poor thing. But uh, you know, I'm like, I want to be one of those guys that carry the cup. I want those guys. I'm sure those guys get paid a lot because they're going to travel oh, yeah. the world and make sure it's mm-hmm. handled all right and know nothing weird. We like I said, well, that thing could talk, but yeah. But congrats to the mm-hmm. Vegas Knights. You're know, the totally deserving champion as well. Yeah, this cup could talk. This should be a new series. <laughs> yeah, we better copyright this cup that. Could talk. <laughs> we better copyright that too, in case. Somebody- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to copyright that. But again, congrats to the uh, Vegas Knights, a worthy uh, champion as well. And I look, hopefully, you know, Florida Panthers, look, you know, they got nothing to be ashamed of. You know, they got this far and they pulled off a lot of upsets on the way. So yeah, they, they, they should be, look, I think Paul Mauricio, he, he handled it with class as he usually does. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you feel for that that team. And of course, you know, Matt, you know, uh, you know, Kachuk, he had like a broken sternum, so he wasn't able to play game five so yeah you feel for him too but yeah that, that's just terrible but yeah i don't think they would have been able to win it with, with it if he was there but yeah that was that's a tough that was a tough one yeah just a couple other things to wrap up the hockey talk one the the, the florida panthers rented a, a, a situation last year you know getting rid of coach joe creville or you know the, of course that was related to the calpy situation and you're you talk about the entries of course the hockey players who go through these injuries, you just don't know about until everything is over. They put a lot on the line. Not saying that other athletes and other sports don't, but hockey players more than anybody, they're the most humble, the most gracious. They put a lot in terms of their health on the line. And they wear the most equipment next to football players. Remember that story back in the 90s, Lakina Chris Chelios playing, I think it's the year they lost. I forgot what year, but he played the whole playoff uh, season with a broken toe. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think uh, wasn't uh, I forgot who was on one of those uh, Hawks teams. And then somebody said they had like a, a broken like collarbone. There, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it was Keith or was it Seabrook, but somebody had a, a broken collarbone. They played through that. And of course, y'all know you know Keith and the teeth. You know that was yeah. a big thing during that first uh, Stanley Cup run. But you know, it, but yeah, I mean, look, you saw. But then you see the flip side. You know, Henri Richard, remember the Hall of Famer? I think he won like seven Stanley Cups with uh, the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Turns out, you know, died you know, a couple of years ago, but it turns out he had CTE. I mean, that that's yeah, that whole thing, you know, talk yeah. about like sacrificing bodies. You saw, you know, Keith Montador and War Stan McKee, it turned out, you know, it came out that he had uh, CTE too, like among other mm-hmm. players. So, yeah, you can feel for that, you know, literally putting their bodies, you know, on the line. So, 
I don't want to bring it down, but yeah, it's sort of like the realism of you, like you said, with all the various injuries and concussions and stuff. But yeah, it's just crazy what these guys go through. Yep, and we give them the res- all the respect and the admiration in the world. You listen to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in living color. See Lakina hanging out here with you. Lakina, give us our golf update. The U.S. Open is taking place on the West Coast this weekend in sunny L.A., California. Yeah, they're playing the North Course in uh, in L.A., uh, you know, uh, Country Club Course, the North Course there. And uh, we've already seen records broken. Uh, Ricky Fowler, it's great to see him back at the top of the leaderboard in a major. I haven't heard that name in a minute. <laughs> I know, right? And it's also Xander Shoffley, who's uh, right. I mean, and also Xander Shoffley, who uh, also uh, broke the course record, uh, 63, uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, it was actually now Window Clark West. He has a one-shot lead right now. Uh, the great thing I'd be on the West Coast this year, get a little bit of primetime golf. Uh, this weekend on NBC uh, for Father's Day. So all you guys golf fans can definitely uh, check it out uh, through the weekend, both uh, Saturday or tomorrow and uh, Sunday. Um, you see guys like Ricky Fowler, uh, of course, Anna Shoffley, uh, Dustin Johnson, who usually doesn't do well in the U.S. Open, but it's nice like to see him back there. Mm-hmm. Tony Finau, I think some of his best results have been at the U.S. Open. Also, some of the other names, Rory McIlroy, still right there. I think he had like a he has a tough he's had a tough uh, second round so far. Cam Smith, that's our, our girl Christine's uh, guy, you know, reigning Open champion. He's right there uh, in the top twelve. So yeah, so a lot of a mixture of you know solid names and such. So this could be definitely, you know, of course, you know, John Rahm's at the right there at minus one. He has a he has the out to about mm-hmm. till like right before four o'clock. So got a little bit of time there. But yeah, this should be a very interesting U.S. Open. Like I said, because of the course where it's being played and also too i mean there there's still you know some guys have actually played on that course and you know that that country club course in los angeles is the first time that la has hosted the u.s open since yeah going back to 1948 this is actually also the seventh course to make its u.s open debut over the last 50 years so should be it should be exciting fish at, at that uh country club for this year's u.s open yeah as as you know lakina i'm not a big golf fan, a casual golf fan, because I know Tiger's not in there. I'm not stupid, but uh, Phil Mickelson's not in there, correct? Yeah, he's in it. He he's in it? Has... Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. I know he's been known as a choke artist uh, for the majority of his career. I know he started winning titles for the last uh, here and there for the last several years, but as I said before, and I'll say it again, who is that young guy that's going to come in and, and take over golf and get that casual fan like your surely to watch it whenever tournaments they play every week or every month or what have you. And I know being that with that tournament being in Los Angeles this year, you would think it will bring out the stars. I haven't heard any major stars come out there yet. They have, I just haven't heard anything about it, but you would hope whoever, maybe it's a breakout star. We're not talking about who's on the leaderboard. Lakino is going to break through, but the, the golfers that you just mentioned, no personal disrespect to them, but they just don't have that it factor like Tiger has. You know, some people are going to, many people are going to cheer for him. There's a few people are going to cheer against him because he's, he was just so damn dominant. But uh, will this tournament have a breakout star? We'll see. But like you said, we're in the early rounds. I know it usually picks up in the later rounds so on Saturday and Sunday. Well, and also with it being in the West Coast, a lot of these guys don't tell like later this afternoon. So we'll <laughs> see. And of course, uh, Phil is actually. Uh, just a shot away from missing the cut. He's a uh, two under. Uh, the projected cut is at, at one, uh, one uh, at three over. I should say the projected is at one over. So we'll see if he can get back going there. But yeah, I mean, you, you see some of these guys that are in the leaderboard right now. I guess Sergio, who you know, this year doesn't tend to do well at the U.S. Open. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Fitzpatrick, who has a Masters. We'll see if he can kind of get back, you know, going here at the U.S. Open. 
look at this is one of those tournaments where you kind of think you can actually do get some guys that are familiar, but they get guys that kind of I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but you mm-hmm. know, it would be great to see Xander Shoffley uh break through and uh win a, a major. He's been close a couple of times. Um, Harris English has been close to a couple of times, he's been around a while. Uh, Bryson Dean, Dean I mean, it'd be great to see him back. He's at t- he's tied for 11th right now. And Scotty Scheffler, I mean, he's uh, another uh, we, we, he has he's a rating master champion, so yeah, he's good to see him in it too. Yeah, so I think there's so many ways you can go with this. I think it should be an interesting U.S. Open. Like I said, you know, you, you catch it on prime time, West Coast. You know, you know, great that they haven't been on the West Coast this year. On uh, I think the cover starts I think like seven o'clock our time, from, maybe even or maybe like five o'clock I think our time. And I know you can, of course, you can stream it on Peacock. So mm-hmm. if you prefer to do that, then all day coverage. So if you prefer to do that, that's fine. But yeah, definitely check it out this weekend. All right. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina hanging out here with you. We're live in the 11 corner of Sports on Chicago. We still have a few minutes left, Lakina. Any other leftover thoughts I, I found before we go into maybe a little sports media news? I found an interesting article uh, courtesy of our good friends at Awful Announcing. I think that's it for, for the most part. Let's uh, well, I mean, they oh, the mini camp, of course, you know, they just finished a uh, mini camp. Uh, also, to uh, I guess uh, DeAndre Hawkins just finished his finished visit with uh, with the Patriots. He always visited with the Titans and the uh, Patriots so far. We'll see who else is going to be like the tour of the D Hop tour, as they're calling it. So, I we may not hear anything you know, who he's not so right before training camp starts. He's still got like a little about a month, a little over a month. So, <laughs> it is what it is with, with him. But, yeah, also, Mike Dunleavy Jr. has been named the new GM of the uh, Golden State Warriors. Oh, yes, congrats executive. to him. Yes, yeah, he's been executive there for about five or six years. Of course, he won, uh, you know, he was on the first, he's the first you know, team that won uh, the, the, the title. Of course, we know his dad, you know, he his dad was a GM and a coach for many years, you know, Mike Dunleavy, Dunleavy Sr. And look, we just see what he does. I mean, like he knows a lot of these guys well. He knows Steph and Clay and Draymond. I mean, just because he played with them. So we just mm-hmm. see what he does. Like I said, he's got he's got a lot to think about. I think it's, it's going to be a lot of things. You know, will he break it up? Will he kind of give it another year or two? Perhaps me add. So Mr. Dunleavy's got a lot of questions to, uh, to answer. So we'll see what happens. Yes, he started as a scout with the Golden State Warriors back in 2018. Of course, he was a former NBA player, former Duke standout. Of course, he played with the Bulls um, many years ago toward the end of that Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler era here in Chicago. He was a very good player. I remember his dad playing. He was an emergency player for the Milwaukee Bucks when he was assistant coach back in the day before he got to head coaching uh, with the Lakers. Of course, he had, he was a coach of the Portland Trail Blazers in the late 90s into early 2000s. So his father made a big impact in the NBA as well. So, But like you said, going back to the present day, uh, Dunleavy Jr. will have some tough decisions to make. And, and let's see if they uh, if Jeremiah Green is traded before the start of next season, or if Jordan Poole is traded before the start of next season. I don't see either one of those guys staying on the team, but it, you know, Dunleavy G has this position. He has some tough decisions to make. I think Steph and Clay are pretty good, but the rest of that roster is probably pretty much up for grabs. Definitely going to be interesting to see what, how, his team, how that Warriors team looks next season. So will it be mm-hmm. a little bit different with a couple of guys, or will it be completely different? We'll see. You know, he has a he has a, a big decision to make, so we'll see what happens with that. Also, too, real quick, uh, Michael Jordan's finalizing a sale of the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by uh, Gabe Plockton and uh, Rick Snell, and also to uh, rapper Jay Cole and country star Eric Church. So there's a, a interesting uh, 
totally a random duo that I did not have on my NBA ownership bingo card. But you know, <laughs> M- look, MJ, look, MJ is getting like three billion dollars, so or at least some of the most of the three billion dollars. So he said, "Look, okay, I'll, I'll take it and uh, just you know maybe he'll run off into the sunset." <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's M Jeff as we call him, MJ. So. We'll we'll see what happens with, with the ownership. Of course, we remember uh, other superstars from the entertainment world, both movies and music, trying to get into. Remember, uh, P. Diddy was trying to get into the ownership of the Panthers mm-hmm. a few years ago. It was him, Steph Curry, and a couple other people. I know Matt, Magic Johnson. I think his group has the Washington Commanders now, if I'm not mistaken. At least they were involved in that. So uh, you're starting to see uh, Hollywood stars trying to pull the resources and money together to get with other people to buy sports franchises. I think it's very interesting. We'll see if that trend continues uh, for the foreseeable future. Should be interesting. Yeah, like I said, it'll be like I said, he's going to uh, enjoy his uh, some of that three billion and uh, go about his business. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't blame him, Jim. And look, I know some fans are probably like. Yeah, maybe we'll see a reversal of fortune here. So we'll see right. <laughs> what happens uh, with that. So, uh, Sid, let's go to the entertainment uh, news that you. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, oh, let me. Well, real quick, uh, San Diego State. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know they they've given uh, the Mountain West Conference written uh, written notice to resign from the conference. So, geez, I guess we're gonna have another edition of uh, conference musical chairs coming up. So. <laughs> God, I mean, they were one of the founding members of that conference, along with the you know, Air Force and UNLV and New Mexico and those schools. So now they're going to they want out of the Mountain West. So I'm like, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like my head hurts. But yeah, go ahead, Sid. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to re- re- uh, this. Uh, we'll probably have more details about this uh, on our next show coming up next week on Monday. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But we all know it all has to do with money at the end of the day. And we'll. Will the Pat 12 still be around? This is just my guess. I haven't uh, done any homework yet, but could the could San Diego State join the quote unquote new Pac 12? Because remember, USC and UCLA will join the Pac 10 after next season. Big 10, Big 10, Big 10. Big 10, sorry. They're leaving <laughs> the Pac 10 and join the Big 10 after next season. Oh, well, yeah. And so, yeah, more musical chairs there. Of course, uh, Texas and uh, Oklahoma, they're going to be joining. Um, the SEC, they actually released their schedule you know, for their football schedule for uh, for uh, 2024, which will be the start of the new SEC. And now, look, I mean, seeing Missouri and Oklahoma play and Texas play each other, I mean, that's going to be the old, like, Big 8, you know, old uh, Big 12, early uh, years of the Big 12. So, and also, too, uh, Texas and Arkansas playing each other. You got the Southwest Conference, uh, old Southwest Conference uh, days. So, yeah, so the other stuff's going to be very weird to get used to. So, San Diego State leaving uh, one of the well, like I said, one of the founding members of the Mountain West. I mean, that that's gonna, yeah, yeah, gonna be. Oh God, money, money, <laughs> the all evil here. <laughs> yeah, you tell your age with some of those rivalries, but I know, we, right? <laughs> it's a right, uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's wrap up with something fun and interesting. Like, Kenan, this comes to us from the author Sean Keeley from Awful Announcing. And this article talks about the, which in his opinion, he thinks that five sports media uh, figures mentioned as potential Wheel of Fortune hosts. Of course, past Hey Jack, who's been the only host of Wheel of Fortune for the past 41 years. He announced that in September, when the new season starts for Wheel of Fortune, uh, this will be his last. Mm-hmm. Uh, he announced that via Twitter uh, a, a few weeks ago. So uh, we say congratulations to Pat Sajak on a great uh, game. He's the longest American game show host on television in the history of American television. But here's Sean Kelly's Achilles, uh, I should say, five uh, names that he says they, they could replace Pat Sajak from the sports world. Okay. Steve, okay, Stephen A. Smith, 
George Sedano, Charles Barkley, Michael Strahan, which makes more sense, and Aaron Rodgers. Well, remember Aaron Rodgers was in the run for uh, the will. Uh, I mean, Jeopardy for Jeopardy, bit. yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but you know, of course, you know he's back to play. You know that foot that go and do that football uh, thing. Um, you know, Stephen A. Smith, uh, no. Uh, George I know you say you wanted to do late nights, so I'm I, not saying he couldn't do the job, but uh, Stephen A. always said he wanted to do some type of late night talk show. I think that's more his realm. Yeah, uh, George Sedano, maybe. Uh, Charles Barkley, I don't know if I can imagine. Uh, they probably might like somebody <laughs> a little bit younger, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. Strahan, I think, makes the most sense. He already hosts a, yeah. a primetime version of Pyramid. So mm -hmm. that's probably out of those five names, though, that's probably the one name that actually makes sense. But I mean, look, it's gonna be definitely the end of an era for Will Fortune. I mean, of course, we all know Say Jack's been doing it for like since 1980, 81, basically mm -hmm. before we were born. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I, before I was, I, I was a year old when that show started, so <laughs> yeah, of course, we've seen a bit of variation of it you know, in daytime. Of course, we saw you know Bob going, I think there was another guy that did it too while uh Pat was doing um, three of the late night, you know, he was doing a late night uh for a little bit so oh, i forgot know, about that that's right those, like those couple of years but uh yeah it's definitely the end of an era like i said i know ryan seacrest's name has been flown around as well um i i just look, look i said on twitter before i'm gonna say it here just just give like five to ten names you know have them do like a like a oh you know a live audition in front of the audience and see how the audience responds to those you know five to ten people and then just go from there you know you know let's not give it to just you know Mm -hmm. Seacrest or Strahan or I know Mario Lopez name has been floating around as well. So you know Steve Harvey. I know some people said that too, but yeah, I mean you had to fit that. You got to think that they got to have chemistry with Vanna White, assuming that she'll. I don't know. She might be not want to do it anymore either. We know we got past daughter Maggie might just take over from there. So they got to make sure they they, they get along with both of them, assuming yeah. that, that happens. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it goes with. Definitely end of an era for uh, for Jeopardy. Yeah, for Real of Fortune. Yeah, so like I said, oh, Real of Fortune. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Brandon? I know he's checking in via the uh, via the YouTube. Hi, Brandon. He says he says a call. Make it Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we'll 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 see. Right now, he's doing the football thing with the New York Jets. Right. And I don't know the <clears throat> good folks at Real of Fortune will be waiting that long for him to quit whenever that is. But Michael Strahan makes the most sense. I don't know if you read this, Lakina, but you know, as you mentioned, Steve Harvey, the comedian, he's the a current host of Family Few. I know the the, the higher ups at Family Few wanted Michael Strahan to do it, to do that show. But if he doesn't get that spot, I'm talking about Strahan. Uh, as you mentioned, he does the new version of Thousand uh, Dollar Pyramid. If he doesn't get the Family Few spot, uh, that Will of Fortune makes sense because he's relatable to everybody and he's still young enough to to uh, right. uh, to uh, appease all types of audiences. So Strahan now that list makes the most sense. Right. So, yeah. So we'll see. Like I said, they, they got a year before they, you know, Will Fortune, the producers, they got a year before they got to figure out who's going to replace him. And I'm sure, mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, Mr. Shea is going to have his say. I know Vanna White's going to have his say. Pastor and Maggie, again, assuming that she isn't taking over with Vanna. That's the rumor mm -hmm. there. You get, yeah, I think I'm sure she'll have a say too. Yeah. I think every, even the viewers as well. So, yeah, a lot you know, can happen within the next year and a half. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens. Uh, with uh with that now another big you know sports media news real quick before we uh disperse uh hard knocks is having a very hard time finding the team to uh do their uh their uh their upcoming seeds of course just coach robert Sala basically said no thanks uh apparently uh four teams uh 
automatically would be eligible. You got the Bears, the Saints, the Jets, you know, speaking of the Jets, and also to the Commanders. Now, apparently, none of those teams want to do it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, you know, the Broncos, I know uh, Sean Pays are, I think they, they've done it with the Saints before, yeah. They, Sean Pays says, look, you know, I'm not, we're not eligible because he just became the new head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not eligible, but apparently uh, nobody, nobody, no tickets for hard knocks uh, this year. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the NFL is going to find somebody to, to do it. So whether they're like it or not, they're going to pick somebody and they're going to have the cameras on. And remember, these teams control uh, to a large extent what goes on the, on television. So uh, that whoever gets picked, they'll have to get ready for that. But uh, Washington, I know they had all those troubles with now ex-owner Daniel Snyder all these years. Do they really have an interesting storyline outside of the – the new ownership? No, uh, they don't. Shout out to a good friend, Julie Donaldson, who's the head of broadcasting over there for the Commanders, friend of the show. But outside the new ownership, do they really have an interesting storyline for people to grab onto? No. Uh, I get it for the Jets, new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Chicago got a new stadium coming. George McCaskey. You know, were you hiding? Me, Selfish, I want them to pick the Bears. But, you know, you got Justin Fields and many people expect them to. Uh, make the jump this year. So you got a lot of storylines. So plus they had their charter franchise in the NFL. And what was the other team, Lakina? Uh, the Saints. The Saints. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me see. Let me uh, get to find that part of the article again. Yes. The Saints. Okay. Yes. They're they're interesting because, you know, they usually made Char- Sean Payne left a couple years ago and they have a new quarterback in, in, in Derek, Carr. Derek Carr. So that could be interesting. But I think, the head of that list, obviously, is the Bears. You know, you got a new stadium coming. You got Justin Fields. Everybody's in love with it right now. Wanting him to take that next step. They have some new pieces. They did some damage in free agency. They made the most sense. They made the most sense. But you know they're not going to, you know, the ownership, and I'm sure uh, Coach Clues don't want to have any interest in the in doing the hard knocks. So, But I'm, if the NFL I, tells them they're going to have to do it, they're going to have to do know, it. Well, you know, they, they can say, look, we'll just take the half million dollar fine or whatever. But, you know, they say they're not going to want to do it. And so I think, you know, look, I think the Jets have already said no thanks. And I know this, they can make it. They, you know, they can't make the, make the Bears do it, but they really can't. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, commanders, I mean, not really. I mean, we know we know uh, Chico Rivera is pretty engaged. Juan Rivera is pretty engaging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but other than that, I mean, oh, okay. Uh, the Jets with everything else. I, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I said the NFL can make a can, – they can make a team do it, but I doubt they will. <laughs> but they got to find somebody to do it. <laughs> Are they going to do it? And you need eyeballs to watch. So they got some um, some pulling to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you know Buffalo, but yeah, you know, I don't know if they're gonna want to do it too, especially with the with everything else. I mean, I know they just did the Rams a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just did Dallas. Uh, I would say the Packers. I, I know Aaron Rodgers is not there, but Jordan Love going to his first full year as a starter. That's an interesting storyline, obviously. Mm-hmm. Let's see who else. Uh, hmm. The Giants maybe with their breakthrough year uh, last year. Uh, Philly, I mean, maybe. You know, they're coming off a Super Bowl. I know KC probably wants no part. Did you see? Did you see the rings last night? Good lord, like two hundred, like ten, like carrots, like diamonds or so. Two hundred ten diamonds or something in that ring. Like, good grief. Um, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. I mean, Atlanta, nah, nah. Uh, Jackson. Well, I know they just did Jacksonville. Uh. 
and then this is Arizona, you know, just last season in season. Uh, San Fran, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're gonna want any part of it. Yeah, I mean, look, so they, they gotta pick somebody, I guess, but yeah, they gotta be a team that's gonna be willing to actually do it. So you, you really can't drag a team kicking and screaming. So you know. yeah, they did Indianapolis in season last year, so it's not gonna be them. Right. So a couple of years ago, yes, they did. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, but. Mm. On yeah, on that, on note. that note, <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny's gonna be on the IG. <laughs> you can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Just go to the Google Google Play Store to, to do that. Don't forget to follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast, W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And yes, Sports on Chicago is a Roku TV. Sorry <laughs> Roku about that. TV. Yeah, sorry about that. A little bit early on the jump there. But yeah, just you know, just put it on uh, Sports on Chicago, wherever you have your Roku, whether it's a stick or you know, whatever device you got. You, know, you catch our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas. Uh, what's up, cuz? I know they're gonna have some uh, pretty interesting stuff. The Smoke Fellas are gonna be uh, having some interesting things, you know, going on tomorrow. So, you know, check that out. Yeah, so you know, it's all right there for you. Anytime, yeah. anywhere you want. Yeah, so you know we will provide. And don't forget, you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And one more again, as the kids would say, we like to thank Mr. Johnson Glue for from Sports Talk Chicago. Uh, he was great hopping on with us, talking Chicago sports and how he got started in his business. You go follow him at John Z Sports, that's J-O-N-Z Sports. On the on the Twitter in the IG and Johnson Glue on on Facebook, and you can subscribe to Sports Talk Chicago podcast wherever you get your podcast, including here on YouTube. Just type in Sports Talk Chicago; there is right there. Subscribe to that channel and watch and listen to his great content. Right, of course, you can catch us. You know, it, it's also same thing anytime, anywhere you want. So mm-hmm. you know, we're, you don't have to you know watch them, listen to them live, but you can always go back to their YouTube channel, just like with us. You know, go back to YouTube channel and. Such also on War Media too, so it's all right there for you for us as well. Exactly. Right. So enjoy the the football. I mean, well, not football. I guess I'm sure there's a uh, I'm sure there's a, a XFL that's uh, going on right now. Uh, got a little bit of time here. I know you know you got the MLS, you got NWSL, you got WNBA. You guys can you guys can watch mm-hmm. it if you want to. You know, check the check out the US Open this weekend. Of course, you got some great baseball. Uh, you know, baseball uh, series going on as well. So, yeah, so a lot of great sports, you know, coming up through the summer and until it's going to be okay, folks. Yeah, a little bit of time. It was good. is going to be here before you know it. So, yeah, we got, yeah, we got less than two weeks before Connor Bedard becomes official member of the Blackhawks. And we have too, 30 yeah. and 39 days until training camp. So, yeah, so we got, yeah, so it'll, we'll be okay, folks. We'll get there. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's do the sports this weekend. Forrest said, I'm like here to the second day sports on Sports of Chicago. We'll see you Monday. Go Sots! Holla!